You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Hello, good to have you here today. Let me extend my greetings to you wherever you may be in the world. So maybe it's good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good midnight. We're an international audience now, so we're glad to have you on board. My name is Mike Ufferman. I work with a ministry called Zion's Hope, uh, headed up originally by Marv Rosenthal, one of the primary people involved in the pre-wrath rapture of the church uh, position, uh, along with a few other people. And of course, this is a pre-wrath uh, channel. And so we're glad to have you here today as well. Um, David Rosenthal, of course, is the executive director now of uh, Zion's Hope. And I work with him on a daily basis as we try to better understand the scriptures and uh, what God's plan is for Israel, what God's plan is for believers, especially as we approach the end times. Today we're going to be talking about when does the wrath of God begin, and this is going to be the first of a two-part series as we go through this text today. So again, the wrath of God, when does it begin, part one of two. And of course, if you've been around the pre-wrath rapture position for any length of time, you know that there are three commonly taught positions. One is the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. The next one is the mid-tribulation rapture of the church, the third one being the post-tribulation rapture of the church, and they all have to do with the timing that's spoken of in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Now, there is a major obstacle for all three of those positions, and that obstacle is that there is no such thing as the tribulation. Many people call that full seven-year period of time that Daniel speaks of, that 70th week of Daniel, they call it the tribulation. But that term just doesn't exist anywhere in Scripture if you're going to use that term to define the full seven-year period from the uh, arrival of the white horse and rider all the way through the end of that 70th week. It just doesn't exist. Now, there is a term in Scripture uh, that's called the Great Tribulation, and we see that in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 21, where it says, For then shall be great tribulation. And the then is referring to a point in time at the middle of that 70th week that Daniel talks about. In other words, three and a half years into that final seven-year period of time as defined by Daniel. But Matthew 24, 21 says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no, nor ever shall be. Later on in that same passage in Matthew 24, in uh, verse 29 in particular, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Again, referring back to verse 21, where it's talking about this time of great tribulation. So immediately after the great tribulation of those days, spoken of in verse 21, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So based upon this text that we've just looked at, the order of events are this great tribulation, which we identify as being in the middle of that 70th week of Daniel, 
And then we have this cosmic event that we just got done reading about where the sun will be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. So again, the great tribulation occurs in the midpoint of that 70th week, and then comes this cosmic event. So the most biblically accurate position that wraps up these various issues at this point is the pre-wrath rapture of the church. And we know that scripture says that God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a differentiator. That means that whenever God's wrath begins, we either have to be out of here or we have to be protected by God. And so uh, God will go, though, in other passages of scripture, and he'll identify what his wrath looks like. In Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 9, it says, Behold the day of the Lord. And that's another term for when God brings his wrath. And it says here, it comes uh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger. So we're talking about the wrath of God, the day of the Lord, are one and the same. And what's its purpose? To lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. So it will be a day of wrath, a day of fierce anger. The land will be desolate. And I know that part of that is by fire. And uh, he will destroy the sinners thereof out of it. In verse 13, in Isaiah 13, it says, Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place. And so talking about major earthquakes, it seems like, in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. So certainly it's not going to be a lovely time. It's not going to be a, 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 a blessed time. It's going to be a terrible time that we should be seeing God bringing his wrath upon the earth. Over in Isaiah 66, starting in verse 14, it says, And when ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb. Uh, and the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants. In other words, God will be blessing his servants, and his indignation will be toward his enemies. And so there in Isaiah 66, we see a clear differentiation between how God handles the two groups of people that are identified in this passage. His servants, the hand of God, the hand of the Lord will be worked on their behalf and um, against those and his indignation toward his enemies. And those are the people that uh, claim that they're religious, that are persecuting the Jews, that are persecuting those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And at that point in time, many Jewish people will come to faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll recognize that he is their Messiah. And so we continue in verse 15 in Isaiah 66, and it says, For behold, the Lord will come with fire, and that's where he's going to leave the land desolate, and with his chariots like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. And so for the per person who is a believer in Jesus, a believer in the Messiah, in the Christ, uh, he will extend his hand in their protection. But for those that are his enemy, he will leave the land desolate and he will deal with them in his anger. And verse 16 continues and it says, For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh and the slain of the Lord shall be many. And so it's almost as if I see God somehow saying, will you believe in me now? And they, they choose to say yay or nay. And for those who say nay, then they will be slain. And the, the, the slain of the Lord will be many at that point in time. Uh, the book of Zephaniah in chapter 1 and verse 14 goes on and through verse 18. And it says, the great day of the Lord is near. 
It is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry there bitterly. So it really doesn't matter how strong you are, how powerful you are, how much control over this earth you may think you have, uh, how many people you have working for you, your great wealth, it won't matter at that point in time. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly because the great day of the Lord will come upon them. The voice of the day of the Lord will come upon them. Verse 15 continues and it says, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of the trumpet and alarm against the fenced cities and against the high towers. Nobody's going to get away. Uh, the people that the Lord needs to protect, he'll protect. But the people that are his enemies, they will not get away no matter where they hide, no matter how powerful uh, their cities may be, their countries may be, they will not be able to hide uh, away from the Lord and his day of destruction. Verse 17 says, and I will bring distress upon men. And keep in mind that these are unbelieving men. Uh, it will be challenging for believers at that point, but um, he's going to bring distress upon men that they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood shall be poured out as dust and their flesh as the dung. It's a terrible time. And verse 18 continues and says, neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in that day of the Lord's wrath. Again, your wealth won't save you that day. What are you going to try to do? Buy off God? It's not going to happen. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy, for he shall make even a speedy riddance of all of them that dwell in the land. Zephaniah in chapter 3, in verse 8, it goes on there, and it says, Therefore, wait ye upon me, saith the Lord, until the day that I rise up to the prey. For my determination is to gather the nations, that I may assemble the kingdoms, to pour upon them mine indignation, even all my fierce anger. For all the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. You know, I see God even assembling armies and saying, you think you can beat me? Bring it on. Bring it on. And he will destroy them with his fierce anger, with the fire of his jealousy. Because people have said that they are God. The Antichrist at that point in time will be saying that he is God. Satan will be doing everything he can to destroy the family of God, uh, to destroy those who are uh, the children of God, whether they be uh, the nation of Israel that will come to faith in him, or whether it will be Gentiles who have come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago when he was beaten in our place, when he was crucified in our stead, uh, it should have been us that hung on the cross because we've sinned against our great God. And yet Jesus took that penalty for our sin upon his shoulders. He's paying a debt he did not owe because we owe a debt that we can't pay. And um, God did that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's such a critical verse that we take so lightly so many times. So the question would be then, how do we know when the wrath starts? In the book of Joel, 
In chapter 2 and verse 31, it says that the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And we made a reference to similar terminology before. But again, before God's wrath begins, before God's terrible day of the Lord comes, we're going to see a cosmic sign. And that cosmic sign is going to be the sun turning to darkness, the moon into blood. And we also see other references in scripture that deals with the stars as well, which basically they are suns as well. And so this cosmic event comes before the great and terrible day of the Lord. So reviewing that uh, order or that chronology that we had talked about earlier, we see that there's this seven-year period of time. And in that 70th week that Daniel talks about, in that seven-year period of time, there is at the midpoint the great tribulation that we read in Matthew chapter 24. And then comes this cosmic event of the sign, the sun, and the moon and stars. And we know that it comes then because it says that these events, the cosmic event, comes before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. In other words, before the wrath of God. So again, that chronology is the great tribulation, then the cosmic event, and then the wrath of God. And so we've laid that out, and we're not done yet because we can get a lot more specific as to when in the book of Revelation we see the wrath of God beginning. So this is a, a cursory summary of what we're going to look at in our, in our next session. Uh, so this is part one of two, as I mentioned earlier, and we'll see how clear Scripture is that's going to show us when God's wrath actually begins and how all of the verses that we just read come together exactly as we would expect it in the pre-wrath rapture position of Scripture. And so my name is Mike Ufferman, again, working with Zion's Hope, and I hope that uh, you will come back uh, in my next session uh, here on our Bible Prophecy Daily and be able to pick up on the final part so that we can know clearly when God's wrath begins. God bless you all. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 